CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast once again here with Don Cash to talk about your money and your life, where Don and I go through and just talk about lots of different scenarios that deal with uh, investing, finance, retirement, all that good stuff. And this week, we're going to talk about artificial intelligence. Should we be afraid? You know, chat GPTs and AI uh, all abound with the conversation out there. So we're going to get into all that. But before we do, Don, how you doing, my friend? Last week was the big day for your daughter. How'd everything go? Mark, it was fantastic. I'll tell you, the event was held at a local 300-acre farm here. Uh, it was outdoor ceremony inside for the reception, of course. But last Friday was uh, the event. And oh, no. It was hot, wasn't yeah. it? Friday was like blazing. Yeah, hot. you guys yeah. have been wait. You guys have been hotter than we are, which is crazy. Yeah, it's up and down. Yeah. Right, this was about ninety, ninety-two degrees. Mm. Um, once we got indoors, it was fine. Sure, yeah, everything went perfectly. Everyone had a great time. It was a, a beautiful day. But ironically, the next day was like sixty-five degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been lovely temperatures, right? Yeah. So, wow, that's awesome. I'm glad everybody had a good time for sure. And uh, congratulations to the couple, Carly and Matt. So that's very cool. Don, did did you cry? Big question. Of course I did. I yeah. Mean, it was hard really to tell at first whether it was sweat or tears <laughs> when we were outside. Right. But uh, clearly inside, when we went inside, it was all tears. Yeah. The hardest part was uh, getting through the father-daughter first dance. Yeah, okay. And the speech and the toast, I mean, the toast to the bride and groom, uh, that wasn't easy either. But the definitely the the uh, first father-daughter dance was was very emotional. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's awesome, though. I mean, again, glad to, you know, that you guys had a great time and everything went well except for the heat, and kudos to the couple. Where's the honeymoon? They're off to sunny Florida, Mark, uh, speaking of hot, <laughs> mm-hmm. for their honeymoon into uh, Siesta Key, Sarasota area, and Disney World. And one of the best parts uh, for Kathy and I, my wife, is that they're going to be living only four blocks from the beach oh, here near, nice. near, yeah, near where we live. And we have their beach passes while they're away. So here in New Jersey... You may know that we have to actually pay for beach access. Okay. So you're going to be going down and, and using their beach access for a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not, right? Yeah, especially after you cried. <laughs> it's a daughter, father-daughter <laughs> dance. You deserve some beach time. That's right. After crying and uh, writing a lot of big checks, I deserve a beach <laughs> There you go. There you go. Well, let's get into our conversation again this week, Don. We're going to talk about artificial intelligence or AI, which is something, obviously, we're constantly hearing about now. So let's dive into it. Talk about some potential risks as well as some benefits and maybe some landmines to avoid as consumers are hearing more and more about this. And obviously, that's it's invading just about every space. Uh, you know, I'm a musician. My wife's a, an artist, a painter, uh, and you know, AI is you know will make you a song now, and it uh, or draw you a painting, and all this you know just kind of crazy kinds of stuff. And it's certainly the case uh, financially. There's been robo advisors for a couple of years, so lots of stuff going on in this space. So first, the question is, Don, let's just get into it. And what is it? Yeah, that, that's the, the key question. Like you know, people are hearing this term AI, especially it's been like sort of thrust into our consciousness over the past maybe a year or so, I mm-hmm. guess. I mean, it's been around a long time. Right. So the, the first question, as you said, what is it? Uh, what is artificial intelligence or AI? There's a number of definitions out there, Mark. Uh, that a lot of it have surfaced you know, over the past year or so. 
but a definition apparently uh, was arose about 20 years ago in 2004 God, that's wild and, <laughs> yeah 20 years. years right it's defined as the science of engineering of making intelligent machines right especially intelligent computer programs right uh, basically computers that can learn and reason like people so it's related to this similar task of using computers to interact with and understand human intelligence yeah you know don and, and you know it's funny with the chat gpt thing which is the, that's the one that's been getting a lot of attention recently right, right? uh you know and I, I first was reading some stuff and they're like well they haven't hooked it up really to the internet yet it's it's database is only going up to a certain level or whatever and it, and immediately my first thing that was said to my wife is like i was like do, do we want skynet from terminator because this is how we get skynet Right. Uh, if you've ever seen those Terminator movies, uh, Skynet becomes all powerful, takes over, right, and you know decides that we're <laughs> we're not needed anymore. And that's the immediately what I think people think about when they think about this kind of stuff. Yeah, there's all kinds of mental references to movies and TV shows yeah. that that are that go well, back. Because sci-fi's you know, been fun forever, right? But, absolutely. But now it's scary. So you know, this whole thing goes way back into the 1950s. Really? Okay. Right? Like the post World War II era mm -hmm. and the birth of. Um, in this artificial intelligence conversation started by, apparently, I was looking this up by someone named Alan Turek. He wrote an essay back in 1950 called The Computing Machinery and Intelligence. Wow, okay. And a lot of this stuff was started uh, after the war, really by the military to gain a competitive advantage, right? Right, makes sense. And the military loves this type of technology. They use it now for drones and have talked for years about robot soldiers and things like that. So in this paper... Uh, this guy, Turing, asked the following questions. Can machines think? Mm. Right? That's the big question. Right. And from there, he offers a, a test. And now they call it the, the Turing test, where a human interrogator, like a police detective, for example, would try to distinguish between a computer and a human, like answering a response to questions. Mm. So they were trying to see if you could tell the difference between a real person in a computer. And it's getting harder, that's for sure. I mean, just on the stuff that we see now, you know, on online and social media and so on and so forth. And then I was I was talking about sci-fi movies, right? It certainly reminds me of multiple ones. I mentioned the Terminator series. Also, 2001 A Space Odyssey, right? That was made back in the 60s, and, you know, they were all on the spaceship. They had HAL, right? Everybody remembers HAL. Yep. Uh, very creepy, <laughs> right? So uh, there's, you know, controlling the spaceship, talking to the crew, and they also, you know, talk to the computer on the spaceship and on star trek as well yeah that's funny it goes that's a perfect example by the way it goes back you know 50 60 years right it's amazing when you think about it mm -hmm. uh, how far back that was and they were anticipating talking with computers and using cell phones right well i think that's how we get there right i mean the flip the uh, the little flip device the communicator on the on star trek right eventually yep. was the pioneer for you know some a sci-fi fan loved it and as they got older they made a device they made an actual working thing and that was the flip phone and so we you know we see these things as as youngsters in, in sci-fi and it molds us which is great but it's also very scary because you've got these kind of chatbot services now that we deal with when you're looking up stuff on the internet I mean it's everywhere right every single company seems to be having some kind of an AI customer service response uh, yeah. Amazon and so on absolutely and a funny thought just popped in my mind regarding the these old TV shows remember Maxwell Smart with the oh, shoe yeah. phone okay yeah the shoe phone yeah. <laughs> And the and the helicopter coming wait coming out of his uh, his hat you know good stuff yeah absolutely so that you know that it's the idea has been around a long time yeah and, you know even though we don't think too much about it right it's been 
kind of in our lives now for a while. It's only going to grow more and more common over the next, you know, decade or two. So here are some common examples that we could talk about what the future looks like. So uh, common examples are open up your phone, right? And it's unlocked with the facial ID. Sure. Right. Your computer, your phone, your laptop. And even a few months ago, I mentioned using this uh, TSA airport pre-check system mm-hmm. uh, called Clear, where they uh, they take a facial scan of your eyes and your face. And now, when you go to the airport, you know, the benefit is you don't have to wait in any long security line. Yeah. The, Social downs- media. the downside is is they're g- you're going to be in a v- starting in a video and you didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I may have given up my rights and That's not right. knowing it. That's right. I'll be on the some kind of a Newark airport, uh, you know, video screen. Right, right. Uh, but social media, the, the news feeds we get are based upon how you interact with uh, with the system. Oh right? yeah, with Facebook or um, Instagram, or and you get recommendations right based on your browsing patterns. Oh yeah, how many times do you bring up a random conversation to t- to something to your spouse? And a little later on, you're on your phone, and lo and behold, there's the item you were just mentioning, and you haven't mentioned one of those things in two years, uh, and you mention it, you know, I don't know, a, a garden weasel. Remember that? T- remember that thing, the garden yep. weasel? And all of a sudden, you get an advertisement for the garden weasel, right? So it's definitely there, and it's one of the reasons that I think we are becoming so polarized uh, with all this information. It just reinforces. I don't know, just I kind of the the big brother feel and so on and so forth. So there's all these fake images now and stories all over the internet. It gets very hard to discern back to that Turing test what's real and what isn't. Absolutely, you know, and you know these other AI examples. You mentioned the Google searches, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you you don't even have to search anything into a search bar. You just speak it. Yeah, right. You mentioned the garden weasel, or <laughs> you know, like you're planning. You know, you say to your wife, "Hey, hon, how about a trip to Europe? We haven't been to Europe since before COVID." And right. before you know, you're getting like all kinds of ads for trips to Europe. Right. Um, but and don't forget, we have to remember our phone is voice recognition, so that's AI too. Oh yeah, that's an AI right? form. Yep. And when you say, "Hey Siri," that's AI at work. Mm-hmm. When we have Google Maps and Waze, I mean, that's how they know the best routes for us to take. Yeah, no, it's certainly interesting. You know, I don't even know if they even make the garden weasel anymore, but I'll be, I'm going to laugh if I look at my phone later and there's a garden weasel ad. <laughs> so, yeah, and I think to your point, obviously, Don, right, COVID probably ramped some of this stuff up, right? The the technology turn, everybody was, well, we're working from home, right? The Zoom uh, in your field, everybody was jumping on Zoom to be able to communicate with clients and still have meetings and, and sessions and so on and so forth. So, you know, all these people are at home all day on the internet and they're able to gather tons Tons of data on everyone's lives, right? Because we're always on some kind of device now. Absolutely. And during COVID, actually, more than ever, right? We were, we were on our devices. And that's basically that's what AI does. It culls through the internet for information. Not all AI, but you know, a lot of it does for information. And it combines our interactions and our habits and our patterns. And this is kind of where the next generation mark of AI gets really creepy and weird. And we need to kind of uh, be careful about it. And you mentioned about chat GBT a few months ago, a company called open AI created that service called chat GBT. Mm-hmm. And if people haven't heard of it, they will, right? It's something, it's like someone asking you if you ever heard of Google in 1999, 
when everyone was using America Online. <laughs> okay, okay. Right? You're like, Google? Yep. What the heck is Google? I never right. heard of Google. What a weird word, yeah. Yeah, it's a strange word. I kind of like America Online. I just go into the search bar, and you kind of search for what you're looking for. Right. But this chat GBT is a natural language processing tool driven by this AI technology. It allows you to have like a human-like conversation, and even more than that, with a chat bot, they call it, and the language model can answer questions and assist you with tasks such as composing emails and essays and things like that. So I looked up this chat GBT and I've used it a few times. We talked about it off air, right? Mm -hmm. About using it. And earlier today, I sent you an example of how it works by asking it to create an introduction to our show titled Your Money, Your Life. And the only thing I put in the search bar was to chat GBT. Write an introduction to our podcast titled Your Money, Your Life with host, Mark, and financial advisor, Donald Cash. Hmm, yeah. And what do you think of the results? It's What's interesting. Yeah, we, we were looking through it a little bit. Uh, it's wordy in a lot of places, right? It gets definitely a little bit wordy. And sometimes it's really good, and other times it's randomly way off. Uh, and it'll say some things that doesn't make a lot of sense or, or whatever. So I, I, don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's exact, that's for sure. Yeah, it, it isn't, and you're right. It's very verbose. It's wordy. Uh, I tried it out actually last week, asking this ChatGPT to write a father of the bride toast speech. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> for the wedding, and I compared it to the one I actually gave. Mm -hmm. Right, so you know, I, I gave my own. I wrote it up, and I'll tell you the the outline that it spit out. It was pretty darn good. The speech. It was like you said, very. It was like filled with platitudes, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So. And it was the kind of thing that if you were writing a sixth grade term paper, you would it would come out pretty darn good or an eighth grade term paper. Right, right. But does but, it feel like it has you in it, right? That'd be the first thing I would think. Like for, for the for the wedding toast, it was probably it's pretty good as you mentioned, but did it did it feel like it covered how you truly felt about things? Did it do a pretty good job there? It did not. Yeah. That's where it was weak. It yeah. was filled with, you know, kind of things like thanking the generalized the family, thanking everyone for being there yeah. and how the couple met. I kind of plugged that in. Right. And they, you know, it, it was okay. It was, it was, like I said, it was pretty good. If you wanted to, if you were in a hurry and you didn't want to <laughs> write your own, you probably would get away with it. People well, would, yeah. And that's the problem, right? So yeah. it's it, will it like anything? Humans tend to, uh, well, we tend to overuse something and spoil it, right? So you mentioned, you know, like an eighth grade paper. I mean, I've heard lots of kids are using this technology to write term papers and do their homework. Is that really helping them, right? Is that really helping them learn anything if they're not truly doing it? Yeah, I heard that too. And uh, you know, obviously, it's not. Uh, and teachers are getting wise to this. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, you know, attorneys are using this big time, you know, with paralegals. But, uh, you know, a lot of companies want to use these chat bots, this AI, the chat bot in customer service to replace actual humans. It saves money. Yeah. So I guess that's where it goes too far. It can only be used as a tool. Right by people, but it shouldn't use be used to replace humans or used to cheat. Yeah. Right, and unfortunately, humans have a history of that. Right, so absolutely, it's part yeah. of human nature. Yeah, but you know, personally, when I need customer service help, Mark, I really want a real person. I'm yeah. tired of you know, a customer service person on the phone. Often, it's overseas. There's a language barrier and sometimes a technology barrier uh, over the phone, and now it's going to be a 
fake person. It might even get worse. <laughs> yeah, they, there's actually some stuff online you've seen now, too, where you can have a, a virtual friend when you need a hug, right? When you need a, a pep a pep talk, right? So you just and and they complete with digital character that you know looks fairly photorealistic, right? And it's like the, the, what, <laughs> just just getting really kind of weird, right? And I'm with you. When sometimes they just want a real person. I was I mentioned robo advisors earlier, Don, in the podcast. This industry is still one where I I want to sit across from or at least have a you know a, a Zoom meeting with a real person when I'm talking about my finance and my money. Versus just some robot AI kind of thing. And I, I get that labor is a big expense and good workers are hard to find, but that's kind of the trouble with some of this stuff. Yeah, no doubt regarding the robo-advisors for sure. I think that you have to think of yourself, are you going to turn over your life savings to a robot? Yeah. Right? Managing the money in some kind of computer algorithm. And you know, when you're trying to get someone on the phone to speak with, is it going to be a chat bot? Right. I mean, I think that's look, that's where they're kind of pushing this stuff, sure. that's where it's heading. Um, aside from the financial industry, the big ambition over the next 10 years for sure are these self-driving cars, Mark. Yeah. You yeah, know, I watched both, I watched Elon's conversation on CNBC talking about that as well. Yeah. Yeah, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And both Tesla and Uber see this kind of as like the ultimate thing, right? It's the ultimate end result of AI mm-hmm. in their business models. Yeah. It's, they think, of course, they're going to say it leads to safety as well as, um, you know, that that kind of innovation with savings, pe- saving people's lives and insurance company money and things like that. But ultimately, the biggest expense they're going to save money on is employees. Right. And, and personally, I can't see myself ever getting in a self-driving car, Mark. I mean, for me, it comes down to trust, control, and just the whole experience of being in a car. Yeah, I'm with you there too. And I think, you know, some people might say, well, that's where we're showing our age or whatever. But, and I know some of the hurdles that the the totally completely autonomous cars still have is the difference in knowing if, uh, if you're riding side along, you know, side by side, two cars are going down the road next to each other and a dog runs out in front of you. Does the AI know the difference? Will it, will it hit the other car? Will it avoid the, try to avoid the dog and maybe hit a person on the sidewalk? Like they still have a long way to go as to what, is the best course of action, right? You know, with uh, whereas a human, whether you make the right choice or not, there's still that control aspect of it. So it's definitely scary stuff. No, you're right. I mean, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot more um, that needs to be done with this. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what they're pushing for. Yeah. And you know, the, and the area where it gets kind of creepy and dangerous, Mark, is with this video oh, yeah. and voice technology. <laughs> the deep fakes. Yeah. I'll tell you, over the years, it's been. You know, tremendous advances in computer chips and they're basically they they need to run all this processing these computer chips in the computers and the phones and the cars tvs the whole electrical grid really mm-hmm. and there's something called moore's law it was named after the founder of the the chip maker intel mm-hmm. gordon moore and the theory is that the processing speed of these chips would double every 18 months mm-hmm. Right. And the big leap forward recently has been with something called GPUs or graphic processing units. Right. And they're these really small specialized chips that allow for this incredible video image. And they're starting to get really, really popular when kids started 
with this video gaming over the past 20 years or so. Oh, yeah. I mean, you think about the quality of video games in the 20, 25 years. You know, you have some that are intended to look cartoonish and some that are photo real. Uh, you know, and I know that uh, the Unreal Engine is now out. Unreal 5 is now out, which it's super photo real. So, it gets very, very like I was watching a video the other day. My brother's like, "Look at what this! Look at this guy popping a wheelie with this truck." And I looked at it a little bit, and I was like, "Dude, that's not real. That's actually video game graphics." And he couldn't tell the difference. Yeah, I mean, now they're just super, super realistic. And like you said, not only that, they can be combined with video and voice technology to like imitate anyone's voice. Check this out. I'm not sure if you've seen this. Look up the fake Tom Cruise video in front of the Dubai Tower. Have you seen that one? Mm-mm. No, I've seen we'll a few put, with him, though, where they deep fake him, though. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put up a link to that. I mean, it's so realistic. It's actually scary. The only thing that makes it kind of a giveaway is he looks so much younger than he really is now. He's right. 60 years old. Yeah, yeah, because they use all these different deep fake technologies now where it takes, especially that's why they use actors because there's so many uh, facial you know, uh, I guess there's so many reels of film, right, with their face on it. You can get all kinds of the emotions that cover the whole gamut when it's putting these things together. Yeah, the whole deep fake thing is very is very strange. But you know, we have these supercomputers that are faking voices and images, and you know, so the question people start to ask themselves, Don, is what can we do to protect ourselves? Hey, I'm not Tom Cruise, but I still want to protect myself. Yeah, I you know, it's a good question. I mean, of course, we don't have these reels of images of ours of ourselves over the past twenty or thirty Which years, helps, like, right? Yeah, like actors like Tom Cruise or Taylor Swift or these Harrison you know, Ford the, in the new Indiana Jones film. They de-aged him using this new technology. So Absolutely. Yeah. But first off, I think we all need to be aware, very, very aware this stuff exists. Yeah, true. Right? Be on high alert to protect your voice and your image from scammers, but particularly your voice. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's where people also get themselves in trouble. Right, with this technology. And people don't think about this too much. People get in trouble with there's some of these companies have been really red hot for as investments, right? In in this AI sure, space. Yeah. Right. People think, oh, this is interesting. Now I can plow my money into these companies and maybe make a killing mm-hmm. with this AI technology. And of course, we're familiar with companies like Google and Tesla and Meta, which is Facebook. Microsoft. Another company recently, like out there, is Nvidia. Yeah, they've been making video chips for a long time. Yep. Yep. They're big, big chip maker, and their stock is up a hundred and sixty-seven percent this year. So don't go running out to buy it. I'm just saying that it's it's super hot. Right. But the point is that people have a tendency to speculate when these new technologies come into the market. This company is a big maker of these graphical computer chips. In fact, all of these big companies are trying to create their own computer chips. Oh, yeah. Well, anybody remember the dot-com bust and boom, boom and bust <laughs> from 20 years ago, right? I mean, it's kind of the same. It could be the same thing. We, we saw tech pullback last year heavily. Exactly. It's very similar to that. I mean, when you go back you know, 20 years, you can go back even further, right? When the electricity revolution started after Thomas Edison, after his inventions, he, he started an electric company called General Electric. Mm, GE. GE, still around today. A few years later, about 100 years ago, exactly, it was radio, and another company started a radio company called Radio Corporation of America, or RCA. Mm -hmm. Right, That was the big company. And then several years later, the uh, Philadelphia Battery Company started making something 
combining radio, audio, and video called television. <laughs> and this company was called Philco mm. for Philadelphia Battery Company. Yeah. And all of these went through booms and busts. And eventually, a lot of them lost out to competition. Right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, Philco. I didn't that it didn't didn't ring a bell as a TV set, right? So I uh, was so thinking of other brands. So yeah, you, it, that's a great point. And, and I, you know, it's easy to do, right? I mean, technology certainly is where people can make a lot of money. To your point about some of the uh, some of the rates on some of those things. But again, when we're talking about retirees and pre-retirees, especially a lot of our demographic. You got to be smart with your with your strategy. You don't want to just be risking something you can't afford to risk. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we always, our mantra is diversification, right? Not right. putting our eggs in one basket. Yeah. The point is the economy and the world, they benefit from these inventions. Sure they do, yeah. But if you speculate and you buy these innovative companies individually, you may win big or lose big. And people, you know, you think back, who remembers 20 years ago or more that America Online lost out to Google? Right, yeah. Right? MySpace lost out to Facebook. Yep. Right, blockbuster video lost out to Netflix. Yeah, and in fact, Netflix, interestingly enough, was on the verge of running out of money. Mark about twenty years ago, and the CEO of Netflix, Reed Hastings, offered the entire company to Blockbuster Video and asked Blockbuster to be bought out for fifty million dollars. Oh wow, he offered it up for fifty million. Offered it up, and they Blockbuster thought it was a joke. <laughs> Right, and now Netflix is worth 178 billion dollars, and, and blockbuster video gone. doesn't yeah. exist. There's so, one. There's one left in the whole country. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. So they keep it open for it? just nostalgia, I think. Yeah, for a joke. Yeah. Right. Now yeah. another joke's on that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So you never know who's going to win, who's going to lose. Yeah, very, very true. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it's kind of like the it was kind of like the story we did a while back when we were talking about the guy who gave up his Apple stock, right? Yep. <laughs> the, the one extra guy there. So a lot of stuff, man. A lot of stuff you got to pay attention to. And I, I mean, I'm glad we kind of changed gears as we can talk about this. Very informative. Yeah, you know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, AI is here to stay. We have to get up to speed. Like we ha- kind of like we had to do with Zoom during COVID. Yeah, Mark, I mentioned right? that earlier. Yep. It's like, you know, it's something I'm not thinking about too much, but I think we have to be more mindful of this. Um, we can't speculate with it. It's likely to be- benefit everyone in some way, like electricity did or the internet or TV or radio. Going, you know, even way back in time, it's like when people invented uses for fire, right? Could, <laughs> or the wheel. Could, you know, the wheel. I mean, it could be used for good or bad fire. It could be used to keep you warm or it could just burn down your house. Exactly. So it's so important to just have the right things and the right mindsets when it comes to stuff. And yeah, I think you're right, Don. The AI stuff is definitely here to stay and it can be enticing from an investor standpoint, but you want to make sure that you certainly are not, uh, you know, speculating on something you can't afford to lose. No different than probably going to the craps table, right? So do yourself and your and your retirement a favor. Have a conversation with a qualified professional like Don before you take any action as we wrap up the show. Remember, he is a CPA and a CFP, and he's here to help. If you've got some questions, you need some help, reach out to him at donaldcash.com. That's donaldcash.com. Uh, and don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple or Google or Spotify. Uh, you can find us on all the major platforms. Just type in your money and your life into the search box or find it at his website, donaldcash.com. Thanks for hanging out, my friend. Great conversation. Always fun to talk with you. Thanks, Mark. And I think we'll put up a link to that chat GBT if people want to play around with it and even that Tom Cruise video and tell us what you think. Yeah, there you go. Put a, Let us know in the comments and we'll see you next time here on Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash. 
Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.